Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. I hope you're doing well as we enter into this last month of 2019. This is the time of year when football really matters, and I'm glad to say at least one of my teams recognizes that and played good football over the weekend. I'm recording this the week of December 1st, 2019. The Extra Point is a place where I can share a little more of what's on my mind, on my heart, especially related to the Sunday morning message at Ogletown Baptist Church. This past Sunday, we spent some time in Isaiah chapter 4. It's a short chapter, but we've been going through the first few chapters of Isaiah leading us up to Christmas, asking ourselves, what do we need now? There's an urgency about the message of Isaiah, and we've been talking about things we need now in our lives. We talked about an image that the Lord gives us in Isaiah chapter 4, and I want to read one of the verses that I read this past Sunday. Isaiah 4.2 says, In that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and adornment of the survivors of Israel. In that day the branch of the Lord So I didn't do a deep dive into the references, all the references in the Bible of this concept, this idea of the branch, but I wanted to do that a little bit more here on the extra point. So one reference is in Jeremiah 23. It says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. He will reign as king. He will act wisely. He will do justice and righteousness in the land. Then later on in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 says, in those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth. He will execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which Jerusalem will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Then even in Zechariah, the reference is, now listen, Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who are sitting in front of you, Indeed, they are men who are a symbol for, behold, I'm going to bring in my servant, the branch. Zechariah 6, verse 12, then say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, a man whose name is branch, for he will branch out from where he is. He will build the temple of the Lord. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. Thus, he will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two offices. So you have all these references in the Old Testament. And again, I didn't get to allude to them all on Sunday, but Isaiah introduces this concept of the branch. And then we have Jeremiah talking about the branch and then Zechariah talking about the branch. And notice all the things that have been attached to that. So the branch is related to David. The branch is a king. The branch is a priest. The branch is righteous. The branch brings peace. The branch brings salvation. You can take each one of these threads, and as you pull the thread out a little bit more, you see it points to Jesus. I love doing this. There are so many places in the Bible where you take this theme of a king, or priest, or righteousness, or peace, or salvation, or even David, and all these threads are pointing you closer and closer to Jesus. So I hope you appreciate what is being introduced in Isaiah 4 and how that is expanded as you get further on into Scripture. One of the main discoveries that we emphasized on Sunday is that this branch makes us holy, makes us clean, and brings us close to God. Makes us holy, it sets us apart for the Lord, 
makes us clean, it brings us close to God. And what I also wanted to highlight here on the extra point is how these are themes, especially in the first books of the Bible. So if you've ever tried to read your Bible through, you can read the first part of Exodus, and a lot of that is story. So Genesis is all story. First part of Exodus is a lot of the story. And then you get into second half of Exodus, and then you get into Leviticus, and you get into Numbers. Numbers picks up the storyline a little bit more, but especially a half of Exodus and Leviticus are about feasts and festivals and offerings and sacrifices. And some of these things admittedly can be pretty difficult to know exactly how to process. Exodus Leviticus talks about a lot about ritual purity, but I, I want you to notice if you were to read those with the idea of being holy and clean before the Lord, if you recognize this is where these feasts and festivals and offerings and sacrifices, this is where they are meant to take us, to be holy before the Lord and to be clean before the Lord. I wonder if your Bible reading would change if you just kept those things in mind. If you read the book of Numbers knowing God wants to be close to us, God wants us close to him. I wonder if that would change the way you viewed scripture, the way you read through some of the details related to the offerings or rituals or sacrifices. I remember a few years ago listening to a message of my friend who pastors at Sycamore Hill Church, John Belay, and he was reading through a passage, I think it was in Leviticus, uh, about the priest and the garments that the priest wears, or it may have even been in Exodus. But I remember him reading slowly through the most detailed account of the ritual washings that the priest would have to go through to be ready to offer sacrifices. And it was a stark reminder, and John did a great job of reminding us, all of that is what it took for someone to be holy, clean, and close to the Lord. And now we have all that in Christ Jesus because of his death on the cross, because of his work of love and righteousness that he gave to us. So when Isaiah is giving them a vision of what God will do in that day when the branch comes, he is actually calling them back to the roots and origin of their faith in Exodus and Leviticus. So maybe that will help you the next time you read through scripture. I got another question. I think it's a helpful one as well. In Isaiah, the, the question goes like this. In Isaiah 4, there were a lot of references to Jerusalem and Zion. It's mentioned several times. So when you're reading, how does this reference to a city apply to an entire body of believers? I feel like the meaning of the text is overarching, but the references to Jerusalem and Zion seem to be pretty specific. So I think what's being referred to in this question is in verse 3. It talks about he who is left in Zion, he who remains in Jerusalem, he who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. In verse 4, it talks about the filth of the daughters of Zion. Those are cleansed. The bloodstains of Jerusalem are cleansed. Verse 5, the whole side of Mount Zion is referred to. So we have all these references to Zion and Jerusalem. What is that talking about? Well, if you've read the Bible much, especially in the Old Testament, Jerusalem emerges, especially in the time of David as the king. He sets up the capital in Jerusalem. And really from that point on, Jerusalem is recognized as a special place, a holy place, a place that God designated for his purposes. I think part of what the reminder of references like this of Zion and Jerusalem is to remind us again and again that God's people have a place. 
So God's people are never just out in space somewhere. God has always designed his people to have a place, whether that's the land, whether that's the temple, whether that's the tabernacle, whether that's a city like Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, one of the authors that I've enjoyed reading over the years, Graham Goldsworthy, talks about the kingdom of God as God's people in God's place under God's rule and God's blessing. God's people in God's place under God's rule and God's blessing. Places always mattered. And so even Adam and Eve were put in the garden. When God makes promises to Abraham in Genesis 12, he makes promises of descendants, people, but he also makes promises of land, land promises to Abraham. As a matter of fact, the book of Joshua is largely focused on how this land is conquered and then divided up among the tribes of Israel. If you go through much of First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, really does focus a lot on Jerusalem and the pressure sometimes put on Jerusalem. Even in the exile, Nehemiah longs for the city to get back to Jerusalem and to build up the walls again in Jerusalem. I think of John chapter 14, where Jesus himself said, I am going to prepare a place for you. And then Revelation 21 and 22 caps all this off, talking about the city of God, the new Jerusalem, comes down from God out of heaven, and that's where we dwell. That's the presence of God. So it's always about a place. And I think we can remind ourselves in Isaiah when he talks about a specific place like Jerusalem and Zion, it is a reminder that God has always intended for his people to dwell with him in a place. That's part of what I think it means to be uh, an embodied creature. Our, our bodies have, have a place. We live somewhere. So I, I hope that's helpful. As always, if you'd like to get in touch and ask a question for a future podcast or even make a comment, feel free, just shoot me an email at shell at ogletown.org and hopefully I'll be able to answer it or at least give you some ideas to think through. I did want to end the podcast with a few resources and uh, these I think will be helpful to you. One of which is something that you might've heard of. It's an organization called the Bible Project and one of their main goals and roles in this time period of Christianity is to produce videos so they do a great, great job of producing videos that are particularly on books of the Bible. And so I think that's where the Bible Project makes its most helpful contribution is there's a series of videos. So you could even look up one on Isaiah. I'll link to it in the show notes. And they will help uh, illustrate the message of Isaiah in, in such a helpful, clear way. So they divide things out, but there's drawings and the work is top notch. I think you'll benefit when you go to a book of the Bible and you say, I don't quite understand the big overview of the book and how each chapter, each part fits in, I think you'll enjoy these videos. And so I highly recommend the Bible Project videos on each of the books of the Bible. And then I wanted to also point you to another podcast, and that's by a fellow pastor and friend on, on our staff here, Champ Thornton. Many of you might listen to his podcast as well. It's called In the Word, On the Go. He interviews a person, often it's an author or a pastor or a friend of his, and they take one verse, sometimes two, sometimes a few more, but it's specifically focusing on one verse and they explore for about 10 minutes. And Champ asks questions, kind of draws out why this verse is so meaningful to a particular person. I think you'll enjoy that podcast as well. A couple episodes are available each week. You could go back and listen to several in the archives. So I'll link to In the Word, On the Go, Champs podcast. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Also, 
I just want to say I'd love to hear from you. What books and resources are you finding valuable these days? If if you're finding something useful, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. Please send me an email. There's so much more we could talk about, but I hope what we have talked about has served you well. Goodbye for now. And I want to thank you again for listening this week to The Extra Point. Mm-hmm.